Hey, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm sharing with you part one of a training we did in our Inner Circle Mastermind with Chase Clymer on how to scale an Amazon business off Amazon using Shopify. Now, Chase is a weapon when it comes to scaling e-commerce businesses using Shopify, and we called him in to help some of our clients with Amazon businesses get growth and income diversification using Shopify. And in this podcast episode, we talk about how to build a process to produce great content that will pay dividends over any paid ads that you will run, how to build your own audience off Amazon and take them from cold traffic to warm traffic and then turn them into sales, and how to tighten up your email marketing automations to convert more sales and so much more. This is such a valuable episode on how to scale an Amazon business off Amazon, and I'm sure you're going to love it. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish, so from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Do you want to start investing in websites, but don't want to drop $20,000 or more on your first investment? Check out Odis, where you can buy premium age domains to build a website on and add Odis done for you affiliate site package to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium domain with built-in authority, great SEO, and fresh quality content for your website. Head to odys.link forward slash Bob podcast to check out their great deals. That's odys.link forward slash B-O-B podcast. Link will be in the description too. wanted to get you on today onto the mastermind and, and ask you some questions about Shopify and marketing a Shopify store. We've got a few people in the mastermind who have taken their Amazon business or bought an Amazon business or, or taking their Amazon business and going, let's, let's, let's decrease our risk of only being on Amazon. And how do we build a Shopify store and, and start marketing a Shopify store to a whole new audience? So my question for you was, you know, where would somebody first start? Like say they've just got their Shopify store set up, you know, where would you start knowing where to sort of market, you know, start marketing? Would you start Facebook? Would you start Google? Um, what sort of cold traffic and, and how would you approach that situation? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's a good thing to call out like just one of the main differences between Amazon, you know, a marketplace, and then starting your own direct to consumer site, brand, what have you on Shopify is that you are pretty much starting at zero. There's going to be no traffic to your store unless you are putting in effort, you know, time, energy, or money to drive that traffic there. So, like, that is the first call out there. It's usually one of the first conversations we have with clients that are looking to do, to do just that diversify off of Amazon and have, you know, uh, a, a different income stream. 
uh, in an attempt to start going omni-channel. So that's a conversation that we have. And I, and I really am very blunt. I said, it's, the money's not going to come as fast as you want or as quick as you, and it's not going to be as much as you want. Like it is a, it is a long haul thing. And then from there, there's a hundred different ways to build out a marketing funnel. Um, but the ones that tend to work the best for brands that are on Amazon, it's usually goods on Amazon, I find are usually things that people are searching for quite a bit. Uh, so it lends itself very well to Google, Google Shopping. So for a very short and to the point answer, I would say you could probably try your luck with Google Shopping uh, for the top of the funnel for prospecting. And then in the middle of the funnel and uh, more at the bottom when you're doing your heavy lifting, your email automations need to be on point. That's going to really do the business for you. I mean, I'd be powering that out through Clavio and, and making sure that I have all of that done really well. You know, the one thing that kind of goes into all that stuff is... Once you kind of find a channel that works uh, for one of one of those steps in the process, you know it's time to start to flirt with some other ones. Because again, just like you're diversifying out your, uh, you know, where you're getting your income from selling your products, you should also have like a secondary channel in you know the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel that Facebook algorithm changes and your ads now suck, or something happens with Google and it shuts down for a minute. Like you want to make sure that you have a secondary stream to get traffic to your website. The best investment would be SEO and content, but I know that is a, oftentimes a larger lift that some Amazon brands just can't take on at that time because uh, they're used to the power of Amazon and the, the availability of kind of investing in that ad ecosystem on Amazon to really drive traffic. Yeah, I like that. I, I really like that you explained about, I want to dive into the email um, and Clavio soon, but I, I do want to talk about the the SEO and, and content. And this is what I've mentioned to mentioned to people as well before is, is investing in creating great pieces of content and pushing traffic, cold traffic to that content because the reason people buy from us is is through uh, building trust and how we can do that is through our branding and, and educating and, and our people and thinking about the the customer journey of discovery to purchase. And I think content is a really good way to go. Where would you start with that for somebody that's thinking, all right, should I create like five pieces of the content and see which one is you know can going to convert best to cold traffic and then remarket to people that have consumed that content or been on that page? Is that is that the strategy that you've used, or how would you go down that track with with content just over just before we dive into the paid ads realm? With content and SEO, it's it's a very long term play, but it's going to pay off dividends way more than you know your your paid media traffic does. You know, I think Jared, what I would do actually is I'd take it a step back. It's not about producing five pieces of content. It's about producing the system that can help you produce the content, building processes, having consultants, contractors, what have you in place to help you produce that content and just getting into a rhythm and getting like this content machine just running. That I think is the number one thing to do. From there, you can start to realize what content resonates more with your audience. And, you know, no one's ever said, I wrote one blog post, my business changed. You know what I mean? It's usually an iterative approach. It's, it's just figuring out the system to build out that content. You know, Google prefers when there are constant updates to a website versus like a shotgun spray and pray approach of I outsource 12 pieces of what it should be pillar content, slapped them on the site, 
and I should be better now. That's not the approach that Google wants. I need to caveat all this with, I'm not an SEO expert by any means. Yeah. I just know what works for our clients in the e-commerce space. And it's it's usually coming up with a, a system to kind of just perpetually be always producing content. It isn't like a one and done or, or every once in a while thing. It's They're on a very strong cadence. Uh, the younger ones are usually you know, bi-monthly or monthly and the more mature brands are producing content almost daily. I'm so glad that you said building out that content machine and everybody in this mastermind knows those words very, very well because the, f- the first step that they come when they join the mastermind, a lot of people that do join have a content business. So they're making money through ad revenue and, and um, affiliate revenue. And the, the main thing that we build them is a content machine, building out the processes and the systems and having people to be able to produce that result of content without them having to do it themselves. So it's something that we can just plug into these e-commerce businesses that we've already got that, you know, how to build that. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. I should probably preface this that uh, I was not fed answers for this. This is just actual things that I'm saying. Uh, so I'm just because it's just because we're saying the same things just means because it's it's the truth. And it's not that he's like feeding me answers here. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny that we're in sync. I like your clarification and calling it out where I was defaulting to like blogging is the way of describing it. It's, it, it you know, building the system, the result is whatever is going to resonate with your audience. So for you, it, you know, it's these infographics for Pinterest. Uh, you know, obviously for me, I run a I run an agency, right? We're an e-commerce consultancy, Shopify specific. Our content is the podcast, and we've like doubled down into like YouTube. Like that's all we're doing. All educational content, like that, that works for us. But when you're selling products, it gets a little more tricky, kind of on the content. But I've seen some people do some really cool things with you know, when you're in the food space with like recipes. Or, you know, same thing, like kind of building out infographics there. I know some people in the wedding industry where Pinterest also crushes it. So it's definitely, you got to know your audience. You got to understand your customers and then just like do a thought exercise of where are those people on the internet? What type of content is in that place? Cool. We're going to start building that content. We're going to start producing content. There's something beautiful about putting great content out there and getting feedback from organic from organic reach and and like you said is is sort of testing where people are what they're resonating with the content and then just you've got you started to build a fire here what you come and do with the ads is just pour gasoline on that fire push them towards your products it's just a beautiful approach which i'm sure that you're finding with your podcast and youtube channel like i'm doing with mine it just works very very well at the beginning it it definitely feels at the beginning as if you're just like pushing stuff out into the ether just get over that it's everyone feels that way but once you kind of keep doing it for a while you will start to see it in weird ways where people are you've never spoken to or shouldn't know about you or coming out of the woodwork. Like it definitely works. It's just one blog post or whatever, one piece of content isn't going to do it. Yeah. I think for those people that are business owners that want to do the quick buy business, do a quick flip. I'm always about the long-term strategy, holding a business for the long-term. And if you can get past that year to two year mark even, and you're in this for the long haul, then you'd be silly not to go down that route, right? Because you're getting traffic through organic and then you can just add fuel to the fire versus what you're what we were talking about before is like, let's just put ads out there and and see see what happens. And you can do that approach. But I feel that if you've got the organic and pouring gasoline on the fire, it's going to be a better approach. But let's talk about someone that does want to do this super fast chase. Would you be going and working out, all right, 
I'm going to put a bunch of money into, you know, say I've got a product and it's say drink bottles, right? This drink bottle that I've got here is a sole one. And they also do like coffee cups and all that sort of stuff. Say it's just that brand, right? And they just, they're doing glass coffee cups and and drink bottles. Now say they've just, I'm, I'm crushing it on Amazon and I want to go, all right, how do I start making sales off Amazon to de-risk my business from Amazon because they can shut my business off like this. And it happens to almost every single person, unfortunately, with an Amazon business. Would you go, I'm just going to put a bunch of my products into a Google Shopping ad and target them with cold traffic to keywords? on Google? Would that be a good starting point or what would you do differently? I'm not uh, a Google shopping expert by any means. I just don't like uh, team members of ours are, that's their specialty. These days I'm kind of just doing this dev and I, I I know what I'm good at, but uh, (laughs) yeah. So for a brand that's doing really well on Amazon, like I said, I think Google shopping is usually a good, a pretty good call out there. I don't know the specifics of Google shopping to like give you the answer you're looking for, Mm. uh, but I can't tell you that the results do work won't return nearly as well as the same dollar spent on Amazon because Amazon is highly optimized, you know, to, to sell products that are being searched for by their users. So I would say that those ads on Amazon, same dollar is going to outperform the dollar spent on Google shopping because there's like so many other elements to like an e-commerce site and there might not be any trust factor, like depending on the design of it, you know, conversion rate could be bad uh, depending on, you know, who developed it. It could be very slow on mobile or have things that are broken. So like there's a whole bunch of other extra stuff going on on a site that you own that could potentially be throwing things off. I like that you talk about that because maybe people listening that don't really understand and I want to break down that psychologically. When people go to Google, they've they've got a different intent than when they go to Amazon. Their intent on Google is that I'm going to try and solve a problem. It doesn't mean that they need to solve a problem with your product. When people go to Amazon, they're going to purchase something. They're not trying to find an info uh, graphic or a, you know an info article about how do I solve my problem and for free, right? They're going to Amazon with money, with the intent to spend that money on a product. It's very different to Google. And then also what you talk about the, you know, your website brand versus Amazon. Amazon has a massive brand and massive trust that's just auto built into your business when you launch or put a product on Amazon. When you start a Shopify store from scratch and you don't have social proof maybe, and you could rip some of that off Amazon, which we've got people doing, which is a great way to go. But if you don't have a great brand that people know, like, and trust, it's very hard to convert that into a sale because people buy based off trust. So I just wanted to break that down because that was really, really awesome what you said. I just really wanted people to understand why you said it. Going from zero to one with a a store that you own on Shopify is a very, very hard thing to do. And I would say much harder than going from zero to one with an Amazon business. Amazon has that built-in highly specific intent-driven customer ready to buy products. So you'll see traction a lot faster there than you will on a website that you're building on your own to try to de-risk things. Mm -hmm. I oftentimes tell people that are looking to 
test product market fit to throw it on Amazon before they invest any money on like building out a store or doing anything extra there because Amazon will tell you if the market wants your product the way that you're positioning it way faster than, you know, kind of putting it just out into the ether and hoping like just building a store and putting a product on it. Basically what a lot of people do when they say that they're kind of setting up a Shopify store, like that is that nothing's going to happen after that. And if something does happen, it's very rare. And it's almost a fluke in my opinion, versus being like any sort of intent. I did this back in 2013, I think. I started a business, an e-commerce business and put all the products up there for sale and I just didn't know what digital marketing was. <laughs> it went nowhere. But for those people that do have a product market fit on Amazon, they go, cool, I've got product market fit. I'm selling a bunch of products. Like I, I, I want to diversify this. And you know, they go away and they start putting money into some shopping ads. Once you've got a couple of shopping ads that are working, you know, Google shopping ads, would you experiment with creating more or optimizing those ads, those Google shopping ads, or would you, you know, pixel them and retarget on Facebook and then retarget on Google? Like how would you take your cold traffic that we talked about if it were just to go straight to Google shopping ads for our product? Yeah, would I would you- probably do pretty much what you just said there. So I would one, I would iterate and optimize on the Google shopping at the top of the funnel for like essentially prospecting cold traffic, whatever you want to call it. That is going to be where a lot of time is spent to try to do that profitably. And also you're going to be increasing your spend there a lot much, a lot higher than what you're going to do in the middle and the bottom. Uh, but yeah, I think Facebook and Instagram definitely makes sense uh, for like retargeting in the bottom of the funnel to really push people over the edge. Kind of really depends on your SKU count. If you got low, if you got a little amount of SKUs or like one or two products, then you can make some really cool pillar like retargeting content at those levels that are probably going to do the thing for you. But again, it's kind of like whenever you're thinking about marketing to remarketing to your customers, you kind of want to hit them where they are. Um, so definitely repurpose all that content for email and perhaps maybe on SMS as well. Just do it in one place. I would say like definitely at least email and and. Uh, Facebook and Instagram would be like great middle of the funnel stuff. And then maybe even double down on some super highly retargeted ads, like bottom of the funnel, like so super intent driven stuff. So like someone's visited a product page more than X times or like time on site or uh, add to cart abandonment, like get real specific with those retargeting messages, like not generic, like not the, uh, the normal abandoned cart Shopify thing. Be like, you added this specific like drink holder to your cart, like you can do that with Clavio really easy. But I'm even saying if you have a low SKU count, like under 10, do it for all of your products, very specific about like almost send them a PDP and like a Clavio email at that point. Because what's that going to take you like a couple hours of work once and it will always happen to just re-educate, try to answer any questions. Here's some social proof. Like people do not utilize add to cart abandonment on Clavio as well as they should by like splicing it out down to like a per product thing. Once you set this up, like you said, it's an automation, basically, you're setting up. So when somebody goes through the experience or the, the buyer's journey, it, it's, you know, and they add something and they're going to they're gonna get a series of emails. How many emails are we looking at? What's the, what's the overall like message that we're sending in a few of these emails to get them to purchase? Like, is it like, here's a discount code, just go away and buy this? Or are we working around like once somebody has gotten onto our email list, are we doing some sort of branding and building trust and all that sort of stuff? Because we've got people in this mastermind here that are building our email marketing campaigns and email funnels that are really helping to build 
you know, put put content in front of them, build their trust, build a branding, show great messages. Like, what are some of the things that you have seen have helped with within Clavio and, and email marketing for shop, uh, Shopify or e-commerce businesses? Clavio is like a Ferrari when it's comparing to like Mailchimp being a Toyota. Like, it is just <laughs> world apart as far as functionality and the cool stuff you can do with it. And everyone that isn't a fanboy of it is like, it's expensive. And it's like, yeah, but the returns are that much better. It's like worth every penny, you know? So with that being said, if you can tie it to a trigger, you can probably build out an automation around it within Clavio, which is extremely important when you're talking about any, any sort of automated messaging where you can talk to your customer where they're at in their particular journey is going to return just so much higher than anything else. When we're doing this, for our clients, I think we're building out 12 or 13 flows with like one to five emails in each flow. So, wow. you know, there's a lot going on there. Uh, the number one is like, obviously abandoned cart emails are very, very important, but the welcome series should not be overlooked. It is going to be the number one driver of new business. Oftentimes people sign up for email lists expecting a discount, you know, and that's, Okay, right? It, it works for some businesses. It doesn't work for other businesses. There's ways around that. If you want to get more strategic about not offering discounts, like that's to each their own. But it's more about the what the welcome series does is it educates the customer about the brand, the benefits, the values. Like people want to buy from people, they want to hear a story. Story driven, that's all a story, the welcome series. It should be at least three, maybe like five over, you know, the course of, of a couple of weeks. That one's going to be amazing because. Say I get targeted with this ad on Google Shopping because I was searching for something and I sign up for the email list because I'm expecting a discount code. By email three, I haven't got a discount code yet, but like I've seen your name a couple of times and I've read a little bit about it. And now I'm really interested in it. I'm actually going to buy this thing because you did retargeting the right way. Probably during that same time, I saw your Facebook ad two or three times. Like, right, that's how you build a winning funnel. That's it for part one of the episode with Chase Clymer. And you can find more on Chase and what he does over at electriceye.io. There will be a link in the description. Now, in part two of this training, Chase explains how to do CRO for your Shopify store. Strategies on how to bundle products and increase your average order value to scale your business. And then we go into where Chase answers some of the questions that our members have about building their Shopify store. So if you wanna get access to part two of the training or any of the other trainings in the Inner Circle, join the Inner Circle Mastermind by going to buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash inner circle. That's buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash inner circle. See you there.